Hello and welcome to Words in a Time of Lockdown, a series of podcasts from the writer's block Cornwall looking at creativity and creative writing through a time of change. The writer's block is the creative writing centre for Cornwall where we champion the writer in everyone. I am Polly Roberts, a writer and member of the Writer's Block team, and I'll be talking with Cornwall-based writers who worked with us through summer 2020. We hope you find some inspiration and wisdom in what you hear. Today I'll be speaking with Megan Chapman, poet, spoken word artist and rapper. She is currently London's word-for-word slam winner and last year's winner of Cornwall Contemporary Poetry Festival's Poetry Slam. She has performed at festivals nationwide, including Glastonbury and WOMAD. Megan runs workshops across a range of settings to empower individuals to find their voice. In summer 2020, she hosted our online speakeasy event and wowed our writers with her passionate and political poetry. For autumn 2020, Megan will be leading an online masterclass on performance writing. Hi, Megan, thank you so much for joining me today, just as the sun has come out on what has been a very rainy day. (laughs) What have you been up to today whilst the rain's been falling? I've just been stuck behind the computer, working away. Yeah, working from home at the moment, so this is like working from home to a bit more working from home but at least this is exciting work something creative but it is different isn't it when it's still on the computer yeah absolutely yeah it's it's a different creative vibe but um you're a familiar voice and we've done an online gig recently so and you dropped the microphone over so you're not Siri you're more personable than that that's true it makes a really big difference doesn't it just having that little bit of a personal interaction in between yeah Yeah. because how do you write do you write on the computer as well or do you do that yeah good question I don't have a set formula for writing do you remember ages ago there was that book called a writer's space and I don't know if it was Keith that did it um I can't yeah it doesn't matter it was a good few years ago and Steve Tanner did all the photos and it was called it was loads of Cornish writers and they did a little launch at um the Truro Waterstones and it was all about creative spaces and I was thinking about it when I did it for that and I don't really have a formula it's more like therapy writing or just I have to get a rhyme out or I have to record my voice so I'll often just like send myself a voice uh like a voicemail and now obviously there's the option on smartphones to just send a uh, voice recorder thing right where you can just record your voice so sometimes I'll do that especially if it's more like music setting and I don't know with the band they're like we've got this piece of music do you want to write and I'll just freestyle the rap section and then I'll pull parts from that and edit it or often I'll use notes on my phone but if I do write on paper, I really struggle because I can hardly read my own handwriting. So that's probably my less preferred option. Right. So more. So has that kind of performance element always been in your use of words for you then because of that preference to, to write by recording yeah. yourself rather? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I definitely... Well, I call myself, I did call myself a performance word artist because I didn't want to just be like spoken word or rap and I thought I'd merge it. But then my partner said that like those words together didn't actually make sense. So I'm not actually sure what I call myself, but it's generally words to be heard 
Um, and my passion comes from the delivery, whether it's a recording, a video, or definitely a live crowd. I have had a bit published where it's on the paper, but generally just the odd perm because that's not where my specialism comes in. And I always have to run it past a friend to edit. So like Mac that did my little published books through him it's I call it self-published but in a way it's not because he has his own little publishing thing but it's all kind of like low-key sort of flogging at gigs and stuff but for that he will take the poem and he will format it for me on the page and he will sometimes change some of the language just slightly and often where bits sound good I haven't even realized that maybe it's got two or three meanings and I think that's slightly to do with dyslexia but that's not as much to do with how it looks on the page but I guess just the actual content as well sometimes I'm accidentally clever it's not often that I think right I want three meanings or it could be taken like that people are telling me afterwards and I'm like Oh, okay. Oh, that's wow. cool. <laughs> yeah. I it's think definitely- that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely, I think there's something subconscious that goes on in writing where, yeah, that rhymes come out that you don't realize, but also just meanings that, but also then you can, no yeah. one can ever tell you whether actually, you know, was that your subconscious or did yeah. they just take it in this different way? And that's the yeah. beauty of it, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. But the part of the, online world I guess it kind of links to your question that I found really personal and I've enjoyed is whereas if I was doing a live gig I'd really struggle to read off paper generally because Mm. of dyslexia and wanting to find a flow and also my relationship with the audience I always feel like if they're there I really want to kind of like honor and respect them by having kind of like learnt my material otherwise half the time I think we'll just go and read the book and I know for some poets the book's part of the performance and they deliver that really well Mm. but I know for me I'm a lot stronger when I've learned it and my kind of confidence around that but um I found with the online uh audience I could almost read stuff that I'd never read before and um I felt like I was able to kind of do more stuff from the page um and I think that's because it's it feels like I'm performing to just like one person at a time because there's very few people behind each screen so I it feels more personal even though it's online if that makes sense right so do you think the page is just less of a barrier because of that yes because there's literally no page there's a screen up that people Mm. can't see that I'm reading off digitally and then it's coming out digitally and generally there's just going to be one person behind the computer so it felt less of a performance and almost like it was a nicer prop to have this thing that I was reading off the screen uh but when it was live I definitely wouldn't feel comfortable doing it the same way that's so interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think it this whole thing of everything switching to online in the arts world has really given opportunity as well as just yeah. insight into how it changes art. And we all as artists are finding that there are these little benefits or differences. And I guess yeah. the curiosity would be for your audience how, how different it feels to them to see you perform when because it obviously feels a bit different to you, but it's actually got a different nice edge as well. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about um, your personal journey towards where you're at now. I mean, I know an amount about you, but so it sounds like you didn't necessarily start on the written page that this kind of urge for performance and words 
came quite soon? Yeah, definitely. So my background before poetry was rap. Right. So I started actually, sorry, you know, throughout, I don't know, from about eight, ten, writing words down. And then I used to do long recordings on a karaoke machine, like when I was like 13, 14, 15, where I'd just talk and like record the top 40. And I guess I liked performing. And then I was doing like GCSE drama and stuff. And then when I got to college when I was sort of 16 to 18 I ended up doing an art foundation just because I wanted to then I did photography on the art foundation but I was just surfing loads and I realized I hadn't even loaded the camera so I nearly got kicked off the course because I didn't have any photos (laughs) to show then I started doing art but I was really rubbish at art but my dad was an artist so I was kind of keen and I'd been brought up with art around me so I was I was just enjoying the social and just kind of the freedom and still learning but I wasn't an artist and then from Mm. that um I started scribbling words into the art and I got into Dartington because it was kind of like it was it was dying out at that point I think they were pretty much accepting anyone but at that point I was really interested in creative writing and I kind of took it on and I was rapping so I was already rapping by then I was rapping from about I don't know, 16, 17, 18. I was terrible when I started as well. Loads of like Eminem, this kind of like weird fake American accent. And then I got more and more into it and I was in a hip hop band throughout uni. And and at that point I was more into like scripted media. So kind of playwriting um, and more like stream of consciousness and like little, um, uh, what's it called? Where you do monologues, lots of monologues. Right. a few monologues when I was in the pub as well, you know. Nice, and then, of course. <laughs> and then I think I just kind of went on to keep the writing going. But then I realised that um, the hip-hop scene, the late-night gigs, the kind of quite chauvinist, male-dominated scene, the fact that a lot mm. of the good lyrics got lost by the music or I was forcing it into a rhyme, Um, and so I started to kind of slow it down and then and it was very new then spoken word was just sort of merging and 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 it it wasn't like it is now like if you're under 25 now you can do stuff like with BBC Extra and you can get a mentor pretty much overnight with some amazing acts like George the Poet and stuff whereas in my day like literally there wasn't that kind of opportunity in spoken Mm. word there was hardly any open mics there wasn't the same funny I mean I did quite a bit with Kaimaz they were amazing they used to do an under uh, under something tent and then I went on after getting involved with them to kind of go on and work with them so they did have bits but nothing like the input into spoken word now and it's taken people like Kay Tempest, George Pert, stuff like that to really raise the bar Um, but it's it it wasn't what it was uh, sort of 10, 15 years ago. Mm. But um, I guess that shows my age as well, where you sort of romanticise about what you haven't had and or where you start to say, I wouldn't want to be that now, <laughs> you know. I think we all do it. And I, it's it makes me laugh to imagine whether the younger generation would do that or whether actually they maybe won't feel that way. But yes, I know my partner's um, mm. father is a jazz musician and he's, often going off about how um all of these amazing jazz musicians who are under 25 now and have all of these incredible opportunities and yeah it's yeah it's really a thing do you think that's part of what makes you enjoy working with young people as well is is 
the fact that you wished you'd had more opportunities potentially and wanting to make sure that people are getting the opportunities that are there today or well I don't know I probably don't think so I think if anything I'm a bit envious and a bit annoyed and I probably haven't quite got over it yet and I'm like no come on like, so you're elbowing your way it, in so that you can yeah, experience like, it too with them <laughs> I'm a bit like that's not fair you and I'm not criticizing I am criticizing it but I'm not trying to sign negative because I think I really believe in, and I've worked with young people and been a youth worker, and I love that sense of empowerment and 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 working creatively with young people. But that specific topic, right. I always get slightly irritated, and they sometimes up the application and they go, "Okay, below thirty, you know." And I'm like, "Come on, a couple of years ago, I could have just squeezed in." So I I, I do think I need to get over it, definitely having sort of slightly hear my voice as I'm doing this recording now <laughs> and obviously the mental dialogue while you're speaking that we all have mm. but actually I do feel slightly envious of the opportunity now and I do wish there had been a bit more back then in spoken word especially from sort of being based down in Cornwall I found I had to use a lot of I didn't have to I chose to use a lot of my creative um I guess sorting out gigs and um uh my 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 vision my my creative ambition I always try to make links outside of Cornwall because I I love the kind of new spoken word and I used to go to lots of amazing nights in London or I try and tap into the opportunities to go to festivals where there was a lot of fun rhyming that wasn't maybe as is 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 um uh maybe as the kind of Cornish uh, literature festivals and stuff like that, it was a bit more broad and it was open. It was a bit more fluent and it had a lot mm. more kind of different things passing through it and a lot more, it was very vibrant and it was very kind of multicultural and there was lots of stuff mm. shared and it was, it felt a lot more of a big pool of, of, of words and ideas and ways of doing it that there wasn't at Cornwall at the time. So I really focused heavily on trying to make links and contacts up the line. I, I kind of look back on that and think, actually, that's where, I, not where I went wrong, but now I'm thinking, okay, like um, I recently did the Charles Crawley Causley Festival headline then hopefully I've got some more creative work coming out of that and I've thought actually where I've focused on things and events close to home it's gone really well and it's kind of snowballed mm. for other work whereas it was more of a creative challenge almost to align myself with bigger events and people probably because I was much more interested in that creative pool it was a lot there was a lot more going on um but now I'm trying to kind of focus more on my roots and stuff to your roots. more yeah well just nearer where I live so I think yeah. maybe my focus should have stayed a bit more in Cornwall and built up more kind of like snow and my snowball down here but equally my my passion and my kind of like not really feeling the creative stuff in Cornwall that there is now so I kind of did in a sense, probably yeah. need to go out more. And equally, yeah. like people like Kay Tempest and stuff, they were around at the time, and I was really interested with that. And I did lots of work with Apples and Snakes, but the Southwest was very quiet. So quite often, if I did have an opportunity, I'd go to Exeter, wherever, anywhere, and I enjoyed that. But up there, there was yeah. a, it, I was a, I was like an average fish, really. Um, it's interesting, yeah. isn't it? It is part and parcel of the well, the, the age that you're talking about being and the time and being in Cornwall and it's 
you know, you were trailblazing as a form of writing or performance mm. that actually barely even existed down here. And it's yeah. interesting, that thing of the development down here. So you went to Dartington, but Dartington has now come to Falmouth. And yeah. so that culture that you were moving slightly more up country in order to try and chase kind of slowly followed you back down. And I think there's so much importance for looking outside our bubbles as artists that trying to find inspiration elsewhere and Mm -hmm. see all the differences but there is also that thing of well hang on where did my inspiration come from in the first place and what what else was it that Mm. I was working off of and Mm. I think Cornwall for many artists it does offer there must be a reason you've come back here and that you've resettled and it it must feed your work in some way yeah well I think I think actually I'm not sure if it feeds my work I think it feeds my lifestyle and I never wanted to not live somewhere that I couldn't surf and my partner's a real surfer so together that was important for us and I've only ever lived outside of Cornwall for very small bits of time because I suppose I've always wanted to have a job that I found fulfilling and I always have um luckily for me And, and I wanted a lifestyle that meant I could surf and you know, not sell what I would consider my soul to a machine and a concrete jungle and all that sort of stuff. And I guess I've always taken that hit of thinking, okay, what's the city like? Uh, Could you be on a NatWest advert? You know, the NatWest ones. Mm. And sometimes it's like, if you're up the line, you can get a bigger profile, you can be more involved. But then I think the older I've got them, actually, that's probably a bit of an ignorant idea because mm. I think there's a lot more people and it's like the connections isn't it it's who you know and what I realized even like the people that um I do bits of work with when it comes to like a festival lineup it's normally that they've created the stage then they've got enough mates that are poets that they can invite mm. and then they all get to hang out together and then like there's one person introducing it they get a bit of funding they all share it, or there's a few that set up a night and stuff like that and um yeah I think go them um but I've realized maybe that's what I needed to do more of. And actually more recently last year and the start of this year, I set up a couple of spoken word nights from scratch at the poly, invited people that I knew that were pretty good and that were generally Cornish based or whatever, were happy to get involved. And each time there was very small. um, It was like, you know, the library room in the poly, you can only fit about 50 people in. Right. Yeah. Uh, It's just like next to the bar bit, basically. But each time we filled it up, Oh, amazing. Yeah, so, and I got a little bit of money from Feast to do that, so thank you very much, Feast. Sadly, it wasn't enough to continue that, but we did a couple of nights, and I guess it was in that sentiment, it was thinking, okay, what can I create and then kind of mm. work that way? And actually, what can I support to try and get more of this energy into Cornwall? Because I love Cornwall, mm. and I want to stay here, but actually I'm sick of that kind of like um, beach babe acoustic set or you know, at these kind of trendy places or, you know, these beach bars Um, or, you know, but the, the, the hip hop scene and the poetry scene, I think have always been reasonably sparse in Cornwall. But if I'm wrong, anyone out there listening, please tell me. Get in touch with Megan. Yeah, yeah, maybe I just don't know about them. There's so much space in Cornwall to keep on diversifying the art forms down here. Yeah. But it is, and, and, 
and I guess yeah it comes back to like why not if we if we want it why not try something new and see if there is space for this as well and whether somebody else wants it as well yeah no absolutely I think like I'm just thinking about so for instance the biggest festival that we've had in Cornwall obviously you're thinking something like Port Elliot and it was Elliot um, Elephant Fair before that yeah um mm. But the problem with that festival, and I'm not trying, uh, I'm careful of how I put this, but okay, so you, the issue with the writing is they get, you get funding. So again, for the under 25, I was getting paid to come in and deliver workshops. But then as a space to perform in, it was not great because it sort of had pool tables and it was for younger people that were coming with their kids so you had to watch swearing and it didn't quite have the poetry edge and it, it, I was incredibly right. grateful to get that work and it's been it's been wonderful so I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to slate that what I'm saying is the actual people that were performing poetry and spoken word I didn't see anyone from Cornwall that was right. offered that opportunity it was all things like I don't know um uh, thingy Winslet and um uh, poet and people selling uh seafood recipes and like rick stein and all that sort of stuff right. but there wasn't that i thought where's the poetry stage for cornish poets at the mm. only cornish mainstream literature event and there wasn't one and the, and things like that and i just think there is a bit of a gap and i know there's things like knee high and there's you know like anna murphy does amazing sort of like playwriting and stuff and there has been some recognition especially to females and writers and Cornwall and stuff but I do think there's been a bit of a poetry gap that um I'm just interested in thinking over time and I guess I had started mm. to put on a night and thinking okay how could we get this as more of a festival and things like keep and you know you guys there's there's people doing bits but I guess mm. it's about pulling stuff together and thinking okay how can we represent Cornwall and how can we coordinate these pockets of creativity mm. and then how do we snowball it up to bigger yes. events because there is something about being right at the end yes well I mean it's that diversifying of art as well isn't it where it's not mm. it, it's very I often find when I'm looking through the review magazine let's say of literature that I will find that every writer is based in London and Mm. that's that's brilliant there's lots of really brilliant writers based in London but I guess yeah it's not to say we should hoggle the talent down here in Cornwall and keep it in Cornwall I think yeah. it's brilliant to strengthen the talent that is here because there are so many phenomenal writers mm. down here but also spread it around the country and share much more yeah absolutely and then and then the main event like the main festivals obviously festivals is like a black dark rain cloud at the moment that's not raining but in previous years things like the boardmaster stuff like that it's like come on why haven't we got a poetry bit there like there's big festivals where you get people traveling from all over the world but definitely all over the UK to come down for these big events and I think for instance um well done uh you guys for getting on the stage um greater stakes that was such a lovely Mm. um it's such a lovely stage and it was really really great to be a part of that and it was a lovely little big crowd for a poetry thing it was brilliant but I mean I just want to see a bit more of that Mm. and a bit more airtime given to it um because I just find it's this idea of people that are really well published that sort of arrive with massive amounts of books hanging off their limbs 
yeah. and I've written a poem about it like piled high for the signing basically and that's cool and and I and I don't and I'm not I think it's wonderful that they've got to that place but I think there needs to be a bit more for those in in between that because mm. um, otherwise I think we create audiences based on people having a name and it's like well come on how have they got their name and, and then yeah. they become like the Nike of joggers sort of thing you know yeah. the K Tempest I mean she's phenomenal so I don't mind her being up 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 there but I just mean there seems to be that kind of uh disproportionate of of, of thing but maybe it's like that for I don't know all different types of things but it's just um I think it's about raising the base level here yes yeah and just spreading it out a little bit yeah um so what have you found now that you've been on the internet rather than like you said the festivals have been a no-go this yeah. summer and lots of events haven't happened mm-hmm. I know you haven't been necessarily going on yeah. that train further afield so have you yeah. found that you've been kind of going outside of Cornwall again because of having access through all these online events from all over the world even yeah well I've really wanted to tap into stuff because normally it's like oh could I fill up the car and go to an open mic night midweek and extra and occasionally I'll bother or like I got Mm. a gig just before lockdown as part of the b-bar thing which was like the last part of apples and snakes in the southwest that was my friend that was doing that Gina and it's brilliant it run for ages and it was part of apples and snakes southwest thing and I did that and what I'm trying to say is then after but it because I had the next day off it was fine but it is quite fine right. you know going up to Plymouth or whatever so I thought now everything's online I would get more heavily involved especially now because you could have a bit of spoken word you could join in something that would be in Exeter or London or stuff around the world you know there's people slamming and doing all types of things but um as I spoke to you about before I felt a general block to creativity that I've never ever had um and I think it's that not connecting with the audience and not being inspired because you're not going to have real life ears but more recently because it's going on and on and on and on and on and I'm thinking okay fair enough maybe I don't need to have a beer at half five every night you know what I mean it's sort of I've I've naturally now found my creative zone a bit more and got a bit more right. used to this world and like for instance on Wednesday night I'm gonna go to I'm gonna join an online zoom for a friend's night Tim that he does an extra and that's been running for years and years and I said to him before lockdown can I get involved and then hadn't so actually but I've been saying for like the last two months been messaging people saying when's this good open mic and when's it happening and I ask and then like I just don't go to them and I don't know if that's just me sort of getting sidetracked or mm. just not bothering because it's online and I don't feel that inspired. Mm. But I'm going to try and make myself and go, okay, so you've got the opportunity to not have to travel and yeah. see what's happened creatively at the moment all over the UK and around the world. And why don't you embrace it for a bit now and, and you know, do that? So I have set myself a bit of a goal and it's a lot easier to leave an online forum, I think, than sneak out a poetry night with rustling papers. It's so true. I'm sure I can leave if I need to. It's interesting because it does, it, that is the exact problem that it poses as well as being a benefit, isn't it? I mean, I, I've gone to <laughs> guiltily attended so many online events now where I've, I've snuck out the back. I logged out and it's it's a relief to kind of think okay I don't actually have to commit to this 
event wholly or I don't have to drive all the way and then regret or have a bad night but actually I think it really shows up as well what putting that effort in brings to the creative experience in general because actually Mm -hmm. it also means when it's so easy that all you need to do is just log in to the computer somehow you never make it there or Mm. you click Mm. and then can't focus Mm. on the voice and I think Mm. you're right there must be a lot about connection there I mean what what does that Mm. connection to the audience bring you normally oh I love it I mean that's the whole reason I do it it's just that idea that you come out and there's like one or two people that just go I just got that I got those lyrics. It's just where people connect with you and you're like, whoa, wow, that's cool. It is really for that connection and that's why I'm not as interested as the page. But I don't know, maybe as life changes and maybe if I end up with little people around me in the future, there might be, I might focus more on even like getting to kids writing because you probably sit down and watch more kids stuff. But I'm in the now, the para now, but do you know what I mean? So I'm not thinking yeah. about that and I'm not actually interested by that and I want to keep up my political social questioning fire and that I guess is my interest but I what I would love to know is what good spoken word nights are worth logging into because I do want to try and get to a few more yeah right okay well obviously our very own speakeasy yes (laughs) yeah nice one good shout out they are amazing absolutely no they are they're brilliant they really are good everyone come along Megan yeah. hosted our one this term, um, but no, I've. I mean, it was lovely this year because a lot of the literature festivals went online. So big festivals like the Hay Festival have their author events up now. But I went along to some of them online and okay. got to watch authors speaking, which is something I cool, really yeah. love. I mean, it's like talking to you now. There's something for me as a writer that I really take from connecting to other writers and hearing them talk and, mm. and it isn't always possible but yes I'll have to I'll send you a, a list of oh things. yeah please send, send me a list and I'll uh, so there's one that I know is Tim's one Wednesday um, right. it's normally on at the extra phoenix I think and then there's a couple like um hammer and tongue in London yes um, right, and then yeah. like um she said which was one that I performed at which was really cool which is in like um, the bottom of like a uh, kind of basement area in London Shoreditch and it's like a book club thing and that was a lovely audience mm. but I don't know if they're not doing stuff online um, and then you've got like the LGBTQ community and I've done a bit more with them recently. Do you find each different audience kind of brings a different element to each show? No well I, I don't think I've done enough online to recognize it and it's really hard to get feedback and you just see sort of little faces um, how about in person though when you've gone to these oh, different okay, types sorry. of venues oh do you mean in real life when I used mm, to go to the, back oh, in yeah. the day if you oh, can back remember in the day. yeah yeah well I can it was, yeah yeah I can and it um the audiences are wonderful there's a totally different audience when you go to like a night like that in London yeah whereas um I'd say down here the numbers are a lot smaller and generally a lot more people that are performing and um Uh, that are part of the audience as well which is interesting isn't it because yeah I found um that that smaller numbers as someone who I was talking to earlier about the fact that I actually have massive stage fright and even a microphone being placed in front of me as I have right now is (laughs) a huge barrier for me to overcome and actually it's quite nice at the moment because nobody's watching me talking into this microphone but 
I did do one spoken word night down here and that having the smaller audience, I felt like actually this allows me to step away from the, whatever it is that I'm scared of about sharing Mm. my work and potentially Mm. have this kind of safer space to create it from, which actually I think I find about being in the countryside in general anyway, just that space and me and nature, it kind of gives me a nice cozy blanket to create from where I can kind of not be faced with the the mean old big bad publishing industry where I imagine all of yeah. the people telling me that it's not good enough or something. And But yeah. you, did you never yeah. have stage fright? You've always just felt very comfortable with a microphone well, and on a stage. What I was going to say is I bet your content and about the beauty and the space and all of that mm. sort of stuff, I think that will identify with a large number of people that are either based in Cornwall or have two or three homes down here or have moved down here or just enjoying themselves for the summer or whatever. So I think that topic and that environment, it still connects with people. And like, I'd encourage you if you're not already to like write about that stuff, because I've written a few that's like specifically about living in Penryn or whatever, Mm. and they tend to go down really well. Um, So I think that almost like I think I've been ignorant as well in a sense to the amount of creativity that I don't need that I don't know about down here so like Sprout Spoken over in Newquay I went to one of their nights last year and Luke Wright was headlining he was amazing and I got to do one of the warm-up slots and it was such a busy lovely audience and I remember doing the song uh sorry the um poem about it was a BBC commission I'd had years and years ago and it was about Falmouth and I was talking about seagulls and then the seagulls started doing the noise while I was doing the poem Mm. and I was like whoa that's cool like so I think that I think maybe I've had my blinkers on to the creativity in Cornwall so I think I think that that's also part of it um and then to do with what you talked about and the stage, and then I'll tell you your other question if I can still remember it. Interestingly for me, it's like when it's a small audience, it's like performing at someone's birthday or at Christmas where people are like, go on, do a couple of poems. And when it's very few people and eyes are well lit up, I find it absolutely terrifying. Mm. Because the smaller the audience, the more I feel the individual's energy and the more that I feel like, especially because mine's quite rhythmic and I try to move around, I tend to see the eyes more during a poem than I would if there were more eyes. So I get a bit freaked out by feeling like they're having to pretend that they're still enjoying it or like I'm staring at them too much. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't like small audiences at all the bigger the better then I feel like yeah I'm great look how many people have come to see me you know what I mean (laughs) we can project a massive crowd in the tiny little basement exactly so I think they're absolutely bloody terrifying the small ones especially Mm. when mother's in the front row um as much as I appreciate having them does that happen a lot yeah she likes to come and bless her I appreciate that thanks mom um and then to answer your question Yes, I've been absolutely terrified. I mean, I've always loved performing. And when I did GCSE drama, I used to have this nervous laugh. And I had a nervous laugh at things like funerals, like just that relief has always been this nervous laugh. But funnily enough, when it was my own poetry and it was me on stage, 
not me pretending to be someone else, there was a real comfort because I was like, oh, I'm me up here. I'm not reading someone else's lines. I'm not in another character. So I found that easier whilst at the same time finding it incredibly revealing because you're sort of talking about your sexuality or that you've decided you're not going to have IVF or something huge. And, And you're thinking... God, that's a big part of my soul. But in the same sense as you must know as a writer, there's a real release and a therapeutic edge whilst you feel like you're standing with no clothes Mm. on, but you're choosing to do that. And you're trying to convince the audience that you feel comfortable standing with no clothes on in front Mm. of you. Because that's the part which I struggle with. If you feel like that person performing doesn't want to be there and they really are trembling and they're terrified I mean go them bloody amazing in a few years they could totally come out the other end so I'm not saying don't do that do it but I always really empathize with that because I think oh if you're not enjoying yeah. it if you're that level come on come on come on and you're just willing them through it well it's yes it's it switches on that deep empathy button doesn't it where all you can do is worry about that person and feel (laughs) the concern of oh gosh I just want to make sure you're okay with this and and I mean I think it's really important to break through that I've definitely been that person I think the first performance I ever did was in secondary school and I sang a song and my leg shook so much that I actually thought I was going to fall over on stage and it was just such an awful experience but it was yeah. also the first time and, and it meant that I'd kind of got that first time over with. And and I really relate to actually that incredible opportunity to be allowed to stand up and be seen. Mm. And I think a lot of us as writers, we start off writing, you were talking earlier about kind of therapeutically writing mm. when you were younger, even just yeah. to kind of get it all out but then yeah. there is this lovely next level where you mm. can actually not just get it out for yourself, but have other people see yeah. you in your truest self and the few times I have stood up and shared I've definitely thought oh my god why don't I do this all the time I could yeah I have a platform I could just be me yeah the buzz you got the buzz that's brilliant I got the buzz that's cool that means you got to the next level but I think if you're listening and you are right at the start of your journey please don't let what I've said put you off I'm just talking about my own connection with performing and it's almost tricking the audience I find into I feel naked up there um Mm. and then I'm sort of trying to put on a hat that I don't feel naked and that I'm comfortable and at the time I'm enjoying it but I'm generally hating it but I would not do it that's the strange thing and then it's that buzz afterwards or that idea that you've given people and what I used to say and where I've changed my language slightly is I used to say I was giving people a voice but actually Mm. I'm giving people my interpretation of their voice because that's very different because actually I don't know what each voice wants to be I'm just offering a collective thought and I try to use words and I try to describe it in a way which includes and it offers to the mass it's almost like dare I say it the staple fish and chip or pasty diet I want people to join in and I want Mm. it to be available and I don't want to be clever with language to I don't try and find a really uh, 
a word which I think is really clever and slot it in because I think, oh, you know, I try and use mm. a word which I think, okay, people will understand. And that is, I think, because I've been very much influenced by hip hop and people like Eminem. And although in mm. one sense he's a misogynist, whatever he is, he also says a I've, I've studied him quite closely. A lot of what he says, he says in jest, I think. I don't think right. he means to offend. I think he, he he plays out caricatures in his head and in his mind and dirty, wild thoughts that I think that we don't, that we all have, but we don't express. But I think his creative form was the idea of having his partner in his closet and whatever he did to his mum. And a yeah. lot of it's in jest, but what he does really well, people that love Eminem, you can have a lawyer and a businessman or you can have a five-year-old, mm. you can have a granny, you can have your mum's, whatever. And he uses language, just makes you go, oh, yeah, people can all take something from it. But what he says he does to include and what I try and move away from in writing is that idea that you're you're buffing it up to look really good I just want to um share an idea with people it's not to try and be sort of very clever and and pull words together in a way which which is great for people that enjoy that and wordy people or people that want to do that but it's not something that I've ever been interested in with writing and 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 when I like people I like people like Kay Tempest and Luke Wright and people that use heavy rhymes um but equally find a way of using language in just this crazy way where a word can turn into an image which then is lined up with this other word in a pattern that just makes you go wow and I think it is a word where it can't be replaced by another thing it's just so spot on it it has mm. to be given its own kind of frame to sit within. And that's the type of language that I love and I hold on to. And these stories that just grab you and pull you in from your stomach. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of writing I don't like, actually, more than I do like. I'm much more into hip hop than I am to most spoken word and poets. That's what I would say. It's really interesting, isn't it? I think, well, I definitely have... Uh, I always had a guilt of feeling like I wasn't I wasn't a good reader because I didn't necessarily read all of the classics or yeah. even read that much necessarily. But then the, mm. when you're talking about the kind of actual complexity of the way that these people shape words, some of mm. your role models or idols, let's say, or just inspirations, mm. that um, that it's it's so accessible, but actually there is that mm. skill involved and I I have my few writers that I go back to again and again because Brilliant. I'm just so in awe of okay hang on a second that this is simple I don't have to necessarily look further afield and mm. yeah I definitely my my list of people I haven't read or don't read is probably bigger as well yeah <laughs> but then there's a lot of people out there and, and have have you found that your style has very much changed and then the people that you listen to or read changes as well um I think I'm aware of the power of language. I'm also in a professional position where I have to be careful about things that I share because of my job and to be mm. to ensure that what I'm talking about is above board mm. in a kind of loose way. So I have to be quite clever with language and topics to get around that. Um, I also 
I I'm careful, whereas I I think I uh, in the LGBTQ scene without realizing it, I think I might have been sort of adopted almost like a bit of a misogynistic view towards other women in a kind of strange way, and and it and it might have been a bit shallow, and um, I think my ideas and my content um, has been kind of like finely. Uh, tooth cut it's kind of got better because I think my interest and I think I'm less shallow than I was in my early 20s and I think I have myself less in the center of everything I do I know I do believe in self-care and starting with yourself but equally I guess I'm just more aware and I'm more considerate um so I think that's changed I think I use far less swear words Mm. Um, and I've thought of better ways to express things and and also I am more open to criticism although I hate it and I will edit a lot more and I will slightly enjoy I wouldn't say much but I will enjoy a bit of an edit and I'll find some fun in trying to really get rid of things I don't need Um, Mm. equally I can be incredibly lazy so I think it's just more time on the planet's made me more conscious it is interesting. It is like there are two parallels going on, aren't there? I mean, that what you were talking about getting up on stage and being able to feel like you're naked, but that you're actually wearing the hat that makes you feel like you're okay to be taking yeah. your clothes off in front of yeah. everybody. And there's this thing of with your with writing yeah. that, I mean, I was just thinking of all of the many novelists I have read about who, when they talk at the end of their careers or at the end of their lives, let's say, that mm. they say well they look back and they realize they've kind of been writing the same book again and again and again and it's been changing its perspective a little bit with a viewpoint and that's been both as they've been discovering more about themselves and about life or about their philosophy of living in the world but also how they've been switching their seats around with where they belong in society and how Mm. they're fitting into it and there are the lucky few who've kind of managed to get the success that their voice has been heard, but also got mm. into the place where they don't have to care any longer about how honest they potentially are with telling their story. And mm. I guess, yeah, when we buy this nice freedom by perhaps living not in London and not trying to make a, mm. a fortune out of our words, we can write mm. more of what we want, but at the same time, yeah, we, we still sit within it all to share that work. Absolutely. And I also think when we've got this idea that we live in London, especially like with now the online creative world and how that's going to look moving forward, maybe there is an opportunity here for us in Cornwall and more remote places to access things and maybe things will become a bit more open to us and we won't need to move around. And equally, if we talk to, because I think it's important to think about those people that are successful in London, I bet there's so many of them that are like our equivalents that basically live in London in this kind of like concrete jungle and maybe they enjoy it and you know Mm. they they don't like Cornwall and the quietness and just come down for a week every year because there is that sense of almost like we think what we like or enjoy you think oh how are they doing up there and they might have a totally different view about it all but um equally I do think there's loads of really talented people up there that are tapping away and they're still not heard and maybe if they mm. came down to Cornwall they would develop slightly more because there's mm. less people um 
But yeah, I, I perhaps don't know more. Yeah, that's a no. It's a really interesting point that perhaps perhaps they'd find the space to be that little bit more honest or open let's say and wow no I don't want to put that on them but it, it could yeah. offer something different yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 well Megan thank you so much for talking with me today Aww, about all of this stuff it's so right. interesting do you um by any chance want to share anything have you got anything you've written yeah, that you, yeah. I'd love to um yeah cool well what I'd really love to share and I've never done it before so this will literally be the first time I do it Amazing. I've just started to um, finish the final edit, so it's nearly there, and it's a poem um, for Kay Tempest. And it's it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek, really. Um, you know uh, Stan yeah. by Eminem? It's yeah. basically that for her, but about how I feel about her. It might be a bit ropey and it might be a bit wrong because it's never been done, but why not do it now, eh? Dear Kay, love your work, hurt you still ain't calling. In fantasy land by today, you'd have given me a listening. Went to your signing in 2015, you were busy, probably why you moved for us so quickly. Sometimes I scribble addresses too sloppy when I jot them. Anyways, fuck it, what's up, how's your touring? I've got a partner too, luckily for you, that's not what I'm after. You seem so genuine, just wanted to run this past you. I'm a grafter, a warm-up slot's what I'm after. I read through your poem, Cypher, I get it. Like you were two turn heads when I spit, I felt your pulse well writ. My lyric shit, my inner shit, which needs releasing and hearing. I want your ears, you get my meaning, we're compatible beings. I know you probably hear this every day, but I'm your biggest fan. Even got the limited edition vinyl you did with your band. Like that last shit you did at Glastonbury, that was next level. Put us under a word spell. Your words are so socially reflective. Your voice offers a collective, you tell it. I hope you get this. Here's a gentle nudge. We're suited. One of your fans, Megan. Second verse. Don't know how the chorus is going to go yet. Dear Kay, you still ain't called or wrote. I ain't mad. Too bad managers don't relay messages from fans, and I forgot to give you my card at the Edinburgh book signing, so I got a piscot to give your manager my contact so I didn't have to wait back in line again. You'd already given me your autograph, which was sick. I said, hey, Kate, you looked up like, who's this? I must have sounded over familiar. Felt like we'd shared time together. Told you my show was on all week. You explained you were touring Europe and had to leave this eve. I could tell you were exhausted and didn't want to speak. Felt like we were re you were really genuine with me. Guess that's the message in your poems I read. You should know our words paint from the same nerve endings. Like you, mine's a voice that needs to be heard. So I get told anyway, success is how you measure your goals. Watch you from back, from day dot, you deserve all the success. The poetry world's patry, you're the peer in progress. I think you'd like what I do genuinely, but you're far too big for me. I know you wouldn't feel that, you're unreachable, you see. 
I love your poetry. Unfortunately for me, there's few fruits on the trees. You're free. No more open shite night, badly judged slams, small audiences at festivals. Hey, Kay, I'm projecting. I'm not sure if it's ethical. Like being heckled back to the unmentionable. Punters loudly talking over poetry, dodging the weather in between bands, or splitting a vegan fish and chips, planning their carbon footless trip to Vietnam. You're published, no more self-publications, carrying books off your limbs, yours just shipped in, piled high for the signing. Sorry about my whining, I'm just trying to explain. You're big enough to be picky, which leads me on beautifully. I know you rap, born in 1985, so am I, coincidentally. Maybe it's a sign we share part of the same story, mapping the same birth line. My wife doesn't mind that I talk about you 24-7 when I introduce you, introduce, when I introduced you, she followed me through the pearly gates to heaven. See, everything you say is real and I respect it because you tell it. You gotta message me, Kay, never too late, seize the day. Okay, third verse, sorry about the stuffing it up first time doing it. Dear Kay Tempest, yes, I know you're too busy and far removed from little low-key me. We've still never met, you really don't owe me. It's been two, no five years, a slow edit and still no word, but it's not about me, I get it. So this is my cassette, I'm sending you, I'm making a racket, I hope you hear it. I did Glastonbury too, last year was big for me. Hey Kay, I feel creepy, freedom of speech. Apologies. You know that song Eminem stand about the rapper who would wrote about a fan? I know you know it's rhetorical, that's me and. It's never too late, we're both poets pushing words around the plate. Not sure about the wait for fate, Kay. I don't want to be the poet that got away, hey. What can I say? I'm on the sofa right now, sipping limited edition Ribena in a onesie. Hey Kay, I've missed my day, I've hit my thirties. You know that song by Justin Bieber? Well, sorry, I'm a believer. I don't know what the fuck happened either. You gotta believe me, fuck Beaver. You see, you could have rescued me from drowning. A couple of supports, lots of beer, I'm in dreamland, I'm drowsy. All I wanted was a lovely letter or a call. I'm bouncing ideas off the wall. I hope you hear this, I'm giving this my all. CK, ego away, I'm trying to talk. What I'm trying to say are my words just escape. You know the feeling, I write, it drains my brain, aims to give me and others meaning. An artist's journey is dependent and one of luck. Um, you weren't though, you held your own, gave a fuck. Well, gotta go finish this. My lines with the template, metaphor for life. Hey, K, wait, how am I gonna give you this tape? Oh, it's 2020. Self reminder online's the best mean of escape. Dear Meg, or is it MCMC spoken? Apologies, I've been busy. You say you've got a partner too. How is she? Look, I'm really flattered that you wrote a poem for me. Equally, I agree this shit is really creepy. What do you mean you've missed the boat? You're early, sorry, mid-thirties. I did get your contact, but honestly, I don't need any more poets on my back. You've got some issues, Meg. I think you need to take a rain check. Don't give your don't hang out your coat to dry, just give your creativity context. 
What's in your head about us being broken from the same bread? I know plenty of people like me think about what an M said. You might be the next best thing, but not quite me. He jokes aside, ride this out and hopefully you'll see. Your creativity is where you want it to be. I'm not being flaky, but, but grab the reins of your destiny. I'd recommend you get some help for your head. Go easy on me, Meg. What you do, I do too. Wear my heart on my sleeve, paint the view. Like you too said, my success wasn't dished, I delivered it. Remember what I said at Glasgow in past years, dragging instruments through the mud. Now on the big stage, I feel each cheers, blessed in the audience's love. I just hope you get this letter. I just hope it reaches you in time. Reputations forever, this is way out of line. I think you'll be doing fine if you just relax a little. I'm glad I inspired you but Meg poetry is far from dead the scene's bigger than it's ever been live your dreams don't go and do something crazy I heard about this poet who copied, copied what some other rapper wrote and changed the words gets words they recited it and call it spoken word recorded it put that shit online trying to get heard Something about loving some artists that's just occurred. They didn't say who it was written to. Come to think of it, shit, that was you. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Megan, for sharing that. That yeah, wraps up everything we've been talking about. I know, so I did, didn't it? There was loads of lines. It must have been fresh because I've been editing it today. Apologies for like a couple of fluff lines I don't like doing that but it was literally like straight off the page and like I'm dyslexic and it was some of the words were spinning around a bit you know well it's wonderful to have you share it in that raw state so thank you so much <laughs> ah, I heard one little laugh and it's a bit awkward I think because I don't know you don't have to tell me now but I think I really want to give people mission to like laugh because I think sometimes when I do it live it's so long and it's heavy and it's a bit weird and people might have not heard the rap and it goes on and on and on but actually I am kind of taking the piss out of myself but um, that that one yeah. laugh I couldn't even hold in there were so many others my I was smiling through the entire thing <laughs> oh good but you did know it was kind of like tongue-in-cheek yeah definitely okay, definitely good. Good. That's okay, brilliant. That's really good. Oh, right. well, thank ah. you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. Cheers, Polly. Bye.